0: coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: And we are celebrating Earth Day in a big way this month with 30 days of eco-friendly ideas and tips. We figured why limit green advice to just one day a year? That's why coming up this hour, we're going to have tips on how to use Mother Nature to your advantage including tips on what you can do outside that will help cool the inside of your home.
1: Right, and speaking of cooling, we're going to tell you about a 30-minute project that will help your air conditioning system run efficiently all summer long. It's not that difficult, and it's going to keep your cooling costs way down.
0: Also ahead, how to batten down the hatches, so to speak, when severe weather is forecasted. We're going to tell you what you need to know to make sure things like kids' toys don't become long-range missiles that end up smashing your windows in a a bad windstorm or a hurricane or even a bad thunderstorm.
1: It's true. That wind can really pick up those light plastic things, so you got to be careful. And we've even got a green prize this hour. You know, you've heard us talking about energy vampires, and those are the electronics in your house that use energy all of the time, even when you're not using them. Well, we've got a new product to tell you about that's going to protect your most important electronic equipment and cut down on your energy costs as well. It's worth just about 100 bucks, and we're going to hear more about the Backups ES750G in just a little bit.
0: You can learn more about that product and all the green info we're giving away on the show today in a special section of our website that we've set up. It's simply moneypit.com green. That's moneypit.com green. Or call us right now with your green home improvement question or your home improvement question about anything that's bothering you, soup to nuts, floorboards to shingles. Give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, because this is where home solutions live. Leslie,
1: who's first? Doug in Connecticut needs some help with an insulation project. What can we do for you?
2: Yeah, I have a uh, uh, contemporary construction home that's got open beams on it that my wife and I fell in love with when we bought the house. Okay. Realizing that there really isn't much insulation on my roof. My, my roof consists of uh, open beams and then some nice tongue-and-groove wood and then as far as I can tell, it's plywood and then tar paper and shingles.
0: Huh. Well, they missed one layer, and that is the insulation, <laughs> insulation layer. When you do an open ceiling like that, there's usually a, a foam insulation that's like a sheathing. So you would have the tongue and groove, and then on top of that, you'd probably have a vapor barrier like like tar paper. And then you'd have like a two or three inch and sometimes even thicker insulating sheet. Mm -hmm, It's like super
1: dense foam.
0: Right. And then you have the shingles on top of that. It's sort of like a sandwich roof construction. You end up having a a very thick sort of fascia at the end because of the sandwich effect. But if you you don't have that, Doug, and I'm I'm frankly surprised that they would have built a home in Connecticut without this, there's no way to insulate that ceiling and still see the beams. You'd have to insulate between the uh, rafters. And uh, and then you know put a ceiling underneath of that.
2: Yeah. See the the whole neighborhood I discovered it. It appears to me it was built in the '60s, and there's about a half a dozen homes that are like mine in this neighborhood, and it it almost appears to me like somebody bought the uh, architectural catalog from some. Uh, California architect and then built them all up here in lovely New England. Hmm.
0: Well, Doug, at this at this point, if you want to insulate uh, that ceiling, what you may have to do is try to you know give up a little bit of the of the uh, of the class, and you're going to have to insulate between the rafters. And then perhaps you could use another piece of tongue and groove in between that, so you're still kind of looking up at, at, at wood, but you're not seeing the full depth. It's a lot of work, I got to tell you. It might be easier to think about the next time you do your roof, strip it off and do it the way it was supposed to be done with insulation from the outside in.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about doing, just because I'm going to need a new roof anyways. Uh, Within the next couple of
0: years. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, it's going to be a big construction project for you anyway.
1: Yeah, but this way you're not going to lose any of that decorative look that you're getting from the beam.
0: Exactly. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888
1: Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to help you with your home improvement project. Let's get your spring to-do list totally done before the weekend's even over. Pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
0: 888-666-3974. Up next, a long-term solution to help keep your house cooler in the hot months. It's all natural and it's earth-friendly. That's coming up after this.
3: You're in a Money Pit.
0: Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
1: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at one eight 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 money pit because we're giving away a great prize that's going to protect your computer and it's also going to save you energy at the same time. Now, think about your computer. You've got family photos, all of your music. You've probably even thrown away all your CDs at this point, which I've been dying to do, all your personal files. And it's all stored right there in your computer, but if you don't have it protected, it's vulnerable for power surges. Now, the new backups ES and SurgeRest, they use power very, very wisely and have a feature that automatically powers down idle devices to help conserve energy. It's worth about 100 bucks, but it could be yours just by asking us your question on the air. So pick up the phone and give us a call. Our number is one 888
0: Pit 888-666-3974. And if you don't get through to us this hour, you still have a chance to win a Backups ES750 and when you visit moneypit.com green. It's all in our special section with all of the green info, the green advice, the green tips that you need to know to be more earth-friendly in
1: your home. All right, now here's a green tip for you. Are you looking for a way to keep cool naturally? Well, if you are, then go ahead and plant some trees. You know, if you put a leafy tree on the south and on the west sides of your home, you're gonna help create instant climate control because the shade, it's gonna keep your house cool in the summer and then those bare budding branches are gonna let in all that sunshine that you want for warmth during the winter months. Now, you can also plant trees or shrubs to just shade your air conditioning units. Just be careful that when you do so, you're not blocking the airflow that those units need. Now, a unit operating in the shade uses as much as 10% less electricity than the same model operating in the blazing sun. So plant a tree, be good to Mother Earth, and save a dollar at the same time.
0: 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Leslie, who's
1: next? Betty in South Carolina needs some help with a granite countertop. What can we do for you today?
4: I had uh, granite counters installed in my kitchen about a year ago. Okay, and uh, I, when the people installed my counters, they just installed, and I thought I was all set to go. And a friend of mine recently had uh, a granite countertop installed, and they were told that they have to have their granite uh, sealed every year. And uh, until they get it sealed. Uh, they set something on the counter and it uh, stains it, and it mm-hmm. with a moisture mm-hmm. and then it dries out. Yep. Is there is, a difference in, in granite counters that one would need sealing and one wouldn't? My, my dealer had nothing; to, didn't say anything about sealing.
1: Well, generally, a granite countertop, when you purchase it, will come sealed initially. It sounds like your friends, for some reason, either doesn't have a sealer on it or has a very minimal level of sealant because granite is not going to especially with a sealer that you're getting from the manufacturer, it's not going to get a stain. Like if you spill wine on it, it's not going to suck through unless you leave it there for days. Um, but it is true, annually you do want to seal your granite only because the sealer that they put on, when they slice the granite into the sheets that will be the countertop itself, uh-huh. sometimes natural portions of the stone sort of pop out in the cutting process. So when they put the sealer on it, it fills in all of those little divots and then creates a uniform top on the surface of the countertop. And then over time with wear and tear and with cleaning and with dropping pots and pans on it, sometimes those areas that were filled, those divots that have popped out, sort of tends to chip off, especially on the end. And especially if you went with a more decorative edge on your granite, you're going to find maybe, you know, a couple months from now, you'll be cleaning and you'll feel like a rough spot. And that's an I area- do. I do that now. That's another
4: concern that I had.
0: You know, buddy, it's pretty much normal wear and tear. I mean, people put in these countertops and they are gorgeous, but... They think because it's granite, it's going to, you know, basically be as durable as a rock. Well, in fact, it's not because it does need to be finished. It does need to be sealed every once in a while. And if you watch it, as Leslie says, you'll start to feel some of the finish chip off and know that it has to be redone again.
4: Yeah. Okay. Thank you so very much. It was very helpful to me. I You're
1: appreciate welcome, it. You're welcome,
0: Thanks so much for calling us at 888
1: Money Pit. Jim in Texas needs some help with the fireplace. What can we do for you?
4: I've
3: got a uh, log home with a fireplace with with three flues in it.
0: Okay. Is it one chimney, Jim, with three flues? Yes. Okay.
3: The middle flue goes down into the basement and they put it too close to a beam. Mm -hmm. What can I insulate a stovepipe with that would be sufficient to protect the heat?
0: All right, Jim, stop right there. Is it a metal stovepipe or is it a masonry chimney?
3: No, well, it's it's uh, the the flue is masonry, but it will be a metal stovepipe.
0: So the metal stovepipe goes from where to where?
3: The metal stovepipe goes just from uh, through the wall into the um, into the flue.
0: Okay, and the beam is near the top of this stovepipe, and it's off, it's off a wood stove or what's the stovepipe yes, pipe from? Yeah, wood
3: stove near the ceiling. Uh, the so I've got to, if I if I put a stove there at all, I've got to protect it. Mm.
0: I got to tell you that's a very very important thing that you're asking us about here because if that pipe is going to get super hot and if it's too close it could definitely be a fire hazard. I mean, there are ways to put heat shields uh, between the stove pipe and the wood surface, but you have to follow the National Fire Protection Association standards with that. Um, you know, this is something that uh, you should refer to the code books on. I can tell you that there's a couple of ways they do this. Um, they they in the, in the best scenario, they keep the pipes away from the beams by three feet. Um, right. If they're closer, they put heat shields on it, which is, there's different ways to do it. You can wrap the beams with metal. You can have a shield that stands off of the wall or the beam that has like airspace behind it, which helps cool it. But you really need to to work with uh, the wood stove uh, installer, if you're working with one, or with your local fire inspector to make sure you follow the NFPA guidelines. If you don't, this could be very dangerous.
1: Gene and Georgia, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a cinder block, concrete
4: blocks on my foundation. And they've been painted and the, the mortar is falling out.
0: Hmm, okay.
4: What can I use to refill those cracks and to paint it in the future?
0: Well, all of the loose mortar should be pulled out and has to be repointed. There's mortar mix that I would purchase to do that. You may want to use a mortar mix that um, has uh, some patching compound uh, qualities to it. It might be one of the epoxy mixes. It'll be a little stickier than a traditional mortar mix. Uh But that's available, you know, at home centers and hardware stores. A good website for more information on the available products is Quickrete, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. They have a guide there uh, on that website to all sorts of masonry repair projects, this being one of them.
1: Frank in New York is being haunted by the ghosts of the past, meaning old paint. What's going on? And I hope it's like some hideous color that's driving you crazy. Yeah,
3: Yes, my bedroom. I, I you know I prime my bedroom with the best primer possible, and I put two coats of paint on with bathroom paint. And you know how my uh, daughter is; uh, she takes like uh, forty-five minutes showers. With oh the- yeah,
0: <laughs> you know we know how your daughter is. She's terrible for Yeah, it's
3: unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> it's, Just like my daughter. <laughs> and my and my walls keep on staining; it's bleeding right through it still.
0: Yeah, well, Frank, how many coats of paint do you have on that bathroom?
3: I put two coats of paint on
0: there. Well, but you put two coats on now. How many have you had before? Is it in, How old is this bathroom?
3: Uh, it's over 20 years old, so probably well, maybe you know,
0: like... Here's what might be going on, Frank. There's a point of, of no return when you put so much paint on that it just continues to delaminate. That's okay. one issue. The second issue is you may need to have a more powerful fan in there so you can properly ventilate that space. Do you have a bath fan in there right now? Yes, I do. All right. Well, it may not be doing the job mm-hmm. because I mean, if you get if your window fogs up, your mirrors fog up when somebody's in the shower. It's, it's probably not, not a strong, strong enough. enough. Fan. It's not strong enough because all that humidity is condensing. So at this point, what you need to do is first, you need to strip off the old paint. And I do mean paint stripper. You need to get off as many of the old layers as possible. You can't keep putting good paint over bad paint. Then I would prime it, and I would prime it with an oil-based primer because you're going to get the best adhesion. Then I would put my top coat, and you're right to use the bathroom paints because they have mildecide in it. And then in between all of that, make sure you get a better bath fan and put one in that's on a timer. So that it can run even when somebody's done with the shower Mm -hmm. and out of the bath, it'll run for another five or ten minutes to absolutely get all of that moisture out.
1: And you that's what's going on. You can even get a bath fan with an occupancy center put in, you know, put it into your system there. This way in case your daughter goes in for one of her marathon showers and forgets to put on the fan, (laughs) it will automatically go on for you.
3: Okay, great. All right. Thank you for your time.
1: You're welcome, Frank.
0: Thanks so much for calling us at eight eight eight. Money Pit. 888-666-3974.
1: June in Utah has a tiling question. What can we do for you today? Okay, we have a fireplace that in our home. The home was built in
4: 1960 and it is stone and we would like to modernize it with granite squares. Can we put the granite squares right on top of that tile
1: stone? Well, you should be able to just use a mastic that's appropriate for granite, correct, and adhere right to that as long as the surface is smooth. What do you think, Tom?
0: Well, I think if it's fairly flat, then I don't see a reason why you can't go on top of it. As long as it's flat and secure, I think you can go over it.
1: Okay.
4: And it is, and that's very helpful. Okay. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. Speaking of which, most of us are just turning the corner into warmer weather about now. But before you know it, you will be turning on the air conditioning system in your house or the window units, whatever. Take 30 minutes to tackle right now a much-needed maintenance project that will keep it running efficiently all summer. We'll have the details on how to do just that right after this.
3: All the money. Your home sweet home calling Money
1: the Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. You can count on ThermaTru for beautiful, reliable, and easy to install entry Doors. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Call us right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one Money Pit 888-666-3974. Well, it is just about time when the weather starts turning a bit warmer and you know Sooner or later, you're going to have to flip on that air conditioning system for the first time this season. In order to run efficiently, that central air conditioning compressor needs to be kept clean here's what you need to know. You need to inspect the coils that's on the outside unit and wash them down with a hose to free up loose dirt. Also, be sure that all the bushes are trimmed back. They need to be trimmed back at least 12 inches. The reason is that the unit cannot cool properly. and It'll have to run longer to cool your house, and that's going to drive up your cooling costs. So remember to clean that outside air conditioning compressor, add that to your spring cleaning projects, and it will lower your cooling bills.
1: That's right. Energy efficiency equals more money in your wallet. Hey, you know, we've got lots more fantastic energy efficient tips for you in our special green section at moneypit.com slash green. It's full of great advice. It's very user-friendly. Go there, sort by project, and you'll find out exactly how to make a green home improvement to your Money Pit.
0: 888-666-3974. Let's
1: get back to those phones. Kelly in Indiana needs some help in the basement. What's going on at your Money Pit?
4: Hi. Um, a few years ago, we had some waterproofing done, and uh, where they seam the new concrete to the old, I have mold growing, and I can't hmm. kill it. Hmm. And I was wondering what I need to do to kill that mold. It's white mold. Um, okay, that's I'm not sure. mold. Oh, that's not mold.
0: That's not mold. Oh, it isn't. No, it's mineral salt deposits. Well, well it gets,
1: that... it's fuzzy looking though.
0: I know, yeah. I know. It's mineral salt deposits. Because it's prove the it to salt you.
1: crystal like sticking out, word on itself.
0: Go, go. Take some white vinegar and water. Mix up a solution. Spray it. You'll watch it melt away white vinegar and
1: water. You're going to have to do it again and again, but...
0: What's happening here, Kelly, though, is that the reason you're seeing that is because it's evidence of moisture. So you still have moisture in there. And you know, we generally don't recommend waterproofing services because they're almost never needed. I know Indiana has some you know, pretty wet areas, but unless it's a high water table, you don't need it. If your basement got wet after a rainstorm, then it's always curable with improvements in grading and drainage outside, extending gutters, downspouts, that sort of thing. I would look to the exterior and make sure that all that is in proper order. The gutters are clean, the downspouts are four to six feet from the house, and the soil around the house slopes away with no obstructions. Uh, You need to reduce the amount of water to slow down uh, that mineral salt deposit.
4: Okay. Thank you very much for your help. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888
1: Money Pit. Monique is calling in from New Hampshire. She's got a question about flooring. What can we do for you?
4: Well, actually, this um, winter was a rough winter for New Hampshire, and I had ice dams on my roof outside, which caused the leak that came into the house Mm -hmm. through the door frame, um, which was under a covered porch. And it buckled
3: my hardwood
0: floor. Oh, too bad.
3: So w- my, my question is, I've had lots of advice as to how to prevent the ice stand next year. I've got insurance fixing the floor for me, but I've, but I've got to take care of the, the bigger issue, which is how to prevent this from happening again.
0: Well, first of all, um, your roof in New Hampshire, I would have thought that it was constructed with something called ice and water shield, which w- would have prevented this. It sounds like it wasn't. The first thing that you should do, and this should be covered by the insurance company as well, I would think, is you need to remove the roof shingles along the first three to four feet of the roof and apply something called ice and water shield. You might want to go to the website for Grace uh, Construction Products Company, it's graceathome.com. They pretty much invented this product, ice and water shield, and it's a sort of a rubbery three-foot-wide sheet that's put right against the roof sheathing all along that edge. And what it does is if you get any ice that backs up at the roof edge, it can't get under the shingles and leak through to the house. I mean, it can get under there, but it's not going to leak. And that's why you put in ice and water shield. And in your part of the country, ice and water shield should be a standard part of any roofing project. I'm surprised you don't have it. Now, beyond that, it's a good idea to have proper ventilation, which means the overhang, if there's soffits there, have to be open and free-flowing. And the insulation uh, should not block those soffits. In other words, you should make sure that the insulation in the attic doesn't push so far forward towards the exterior wall that it blocks the airflow. Mm-hmm. You have Sometimes ice and there's water even shield, plywood
1: blocking the soffits.
0: Well, I mean, that, that assumes that she has vents. I mean, you, d- right. you do need to make sure you have vents. But if you have good ventilation and you have ice and water shield, you shouldn't really have a, an ice damming problem next year.
1: That is good. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome, Monique. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
1: Well, April showers bring May flowers, but spring storm season means rain and sometimes dangerous winds. Up next, we're going to tell you what you need to do to keep your money pit safe. On the
3: Money Pit Radio Show!
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: And you should pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, because we're giving away a great prize that will protect your computer and save you energy at the same time. You know, you probably got photos, you got music, you got personal files all stored in your computer, but you won't have them for long if the power goes off while you're working on those files. Computers are very, very vulnerable. They need electricity. And if the power goes off because of a power failure or something of that nature, you could be up a creek, my friends. And that's why in my office and in my house, we have backups, the back UPS, the uninterruptible power supplies from... APC. There's a brand new one on the market now called the Backups ES Surge Arrest. It does a couple of things. First of all, it gives you backup power for your computer. It also is a surge protector. And most importantly, no matter what you plug into that, it will not let those appliances leak any of that vampire electricity that really adds on to the electric bill. It's a great product. It's worth almost 100 bucks, but it could be yours. We're giving one away this hour if you call us right now with your question. you got to have a question. The number is 1-888- 888 money 888 666
1: And hey, no worries if you don't get through this hour. You still have a great chance to win the Backups ES. All you need to do is visit Money Pit online at moneypit.com for the contest details. And it is all in our very special section, moneypit.com slash green.
0: Well, it is storm season, and bad storms can bring pretty brutal winds that can turn harmless objects like lawn ornaments, furniture, trash cans, kids, toys, whatever, into missiles. And if you've got forewarning, it's a really good idea to bring inside or tie down whatever you can. Don't try to retrieve those items during a storm because it can happen very, very quickly. It's always safer to track down those belongings after the fact. That's why I'm always returning my garbage cans to my neighbors after one of those storms. And sometimes the uh, you know, neighbors that are like three or four houses away. But uh, don't be like that. Tie that stuff down. Put it away. Don't let it become a missile because they really can cause some pretty severe damage in a storm that's packing some pretty high winds. Well, don't let those home improvement projects blow you away. Call us right now at one Money Pit. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next?
1: We've got an HVAC question with Charlie. What can we do for you today?
3: We have just built a new home, and we have uh, eight tons of uh, HVAC system, and our furnace is ran off of propane. We're in more of a rural area, and our propane bill is just ungodly, unsightly, and so I was trying to consider what the benefit would be to maybe go into a heat pump and maybe have the heat pump warm the house, say, up to about... 38 or 40 degrees, and then switch to a furnace. I just wanted to get your opinion on that.
0: The way a heat pump works is it only maintains the temperature between what you set it at and what it actually is um, across about a 2-degree spread. So if you set it at, say, uh, you know, 72 and it falls to 70, the heat pump stays on, but it falls to 69 the heat pump goes off and actually brings on the electric resistance furnace. And that costs about two to three times as much to operate as the heat pump. So you want to make sure that you are, in fact, not using the thermostat, kind of rising and up and down. In terms of whether it will be less expensive to run off of propane, it could be. Uh, But then again, you've got all the upfront costs of investing in new equipment.
3: So What's more or less the ratio on something like that? Because, like, our propane bill last month was $900. Mm.
0: And what was your electric bill?
3: Uh, 200
0: Well, I have a feeling that as high as these costs are, that it's probably more efficient to run off the propane than it will to run off a straight electric, even a heat pump. If you had a ground loop heat pump, probably it would be more efficient, but a straight electric heat pump... Probably not as efficient. You know what you might want to think about doing, Charlie, is having an energy audit done? Because there could be other reasons that you have a $900 propane bill.
3: Okay, thank you very
0: much. You're welcome, Charlie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: If you've got squeaky floors, you might be our friend Cheryl in Massachusetts. Tell us about what's going on. We just moved in, and I was wondering what
4: we needed to do about if we're walking on the floors and all we hear is, you know, squeaking. Um, We want to lay carpet, so we were just wondering if there's something we needed to do before we did that.
0: Well, Cheryl, what kind of flooring do you have right now? Is it carpet or hardwood?
4: It is very, very old hardwood, 1850 um, pine, probably. It's a floor with the spaces in between, pretty much. Ah.
0: (laughs) Well, Cheryl, then you need to think about uh, those floors by their technical definition, which is charm. Okay. You can quiet them somewhat and we'll tell you what to do. And it certainly is a good idea. W- what you would want to do is you would want to screw the floor down to the joists below. So you need to identify where the joists are and you would face screw through the loose boards down. And once you do that, they'll pull tight to the floor joist, and they won't squeak nearly as much. Uh, Have you considered refinishing these? Because it sounds like they're pretty beautiful. We actually
4: just had We're very, you know, we're from the South originally, so we want, we love, you know, carpet being upstairs. And so I think that's what we would do, you know, in the end.
1: Well, you know what? In the long run, if you go ahead and put carpeting down, it usually does very little damage to the hardwood floor below. You just dealing with some tack strips along the perimeter of the room. So if you do decide at some point to go back to the hardwood and refinish and repair, you'll at least be protecting the floor with the carpet. And carpet's a good choice. It's nice and cozy. Yeah,
0: except if she really wants to quiet the floor down, then you really have to screw those floors to the joist below. And to do that, you're gonna have a lot of visible screws unless you take the time to counterbore each one, Unplug which is another poss- and plug them. Yep, exactly.
4: Okay. And if we did decide just to refinish the hardwood, where we have a lot of nails showing? How would we um you said just we would have to screw it yeah. down. Oh, yeah.
0: And what you would do is you would either use a trim screw which has a really small head and sort of counter bores itself right through the floor. Or you would actually use a plug and cover the top of the head of the screw. But you know, okay. screws are the best way to quiet those floors because if you use nails, they eventually just pull back out again.
1: Okay. And Cheryl, the plugs are gonna be wood plugs that you're gonna drill a hole that's gonna sit right on top of it. It's gonna fill right in with this wood plug and then you'll stain it and you won't even notice it.
4: Awesome.
0: Cheryl, hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: You are tuned to The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we're going to tackle an email question about a wood deck that may just be beyond repair. So stick around.
2: The
1: The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at GuardianGenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie
0: making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Pick up the phone, give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one 888 Pit, And Leslie will be happy to answer your call personally, especially at like, say, three in the morning on a Sunday. She is there. Boy, that girl works hard. No, actually, you can head on over to our website at moneypit.com and shoot us an email question any time of the day or night. While you're there, check out the new green section of moneypit.com with all kinds of green tips and information, and your opportunity to win the backups, ES, and surge arrest from APC. It will protect your most important electronics and save energy as well. Learn more about how to win it at moneypit.com green.
1: All right, now we're going to jump into our email bag. And first up, we've got one from Joanne in New York who writes, Our wood deck has many cracked and or split boards, and some are actually starting to peel. Now, we can't afford to replace it at this time. Is there any way of fixing this problem? Can it be sanded? We coated it last year with a semi-transparent seal, which took a beating over the winter months and looks terrible now.
0: You know, one thing about deck boards that's really cool is they have two sides Joanne mm-hmm. it's sort of like one of those coats that you can wear inside out and it has like two different types of
1: Not like material. the Jerry Seinfeld pink striped lining. <laughs> yeah exactly you know
0: but decks are the same way you can actually remove those deck boards flip them over expose the side that has been exposed to the dirt all these years which has not had almost any uv radiation uh, strewn upon it And you'll find that it's not cracked, that it looks like the day it came out of the lumberyard. Sure, it'll be a little dirty and grimy, but you can clean that off. So badly cracked deck boards, not a problem. Take them out. There is a a tool called a cat's paw that actually is used to drive into that rotted side of the deck or the split side of the deck, pull the nail out, then flip it over and put it back down. You won't see the digs from where you use the tools to get the board out. And it'll look perfectly. Do that to all of the worst boards, and then you can finish it again. and It'll look great.
1: Mm -hmm. And definitely, since you're dealing with a very aged decking surface, if you go ahead and use something like a solid solid color stain, that's going to allow you to still see the graining, but it's going to cover everything very thoroughly. You're going to see some saturation of the color, but it's going to make things look uniform, especially as you're dealing with some flipped boards and some not flipped boards. And if you do that and you do it according to the directions on the can, it should last you about five years.
3: All right.
0: We now have an email from Ted in New Jersey who says, I have a double pane window that is fogged up inside. I want to know if it's possible to clean it and how to do just that. Ted, no, unfortunately it's not possible to clean it because what you have here is a bad seal. When that window was made, there was a vacuum placed between those panes of glass, and it was probably also filled with an insulating gas like argon or krypton. Now, once that seal breaks, you'll get moisture inside of it. That's what's causing the fogging. So you can clean this all day long. It's not going to do anything. The good news is that wind doesn't affect the window structurally. It doesn't cause the window to leak. It's really a cosmetic issue, and of course, it affects the window's energy efficiency. You may want to talk to a local glazer and see if they can replace just that pan- panel itself, which is possible, or you may have to replace the entire window.
1: All right. Next up, we've got Barbara from Florida who writes, I'm thinking of buying a house, but when the owner turned on the microwave, the lights in the family and the dining room went out and had to reset the circuit breaker. Is this a serious problem?
0: That's a really bad thing to happen when you're trying to sell your yeah, and house. Of all
1: things to test the microwave, who... <sighs>
0: (sighs) Uh, I think you need to get an electrician in there. Of course, we always advise you get a home inspector, but get an electrician in there. It could be, if it's an older house, that there's too many circuits uh, in the kitchen that are on the uh, same breaker, and that's why it tripped. But get it checked out professionally. It is not a good sign.
1: Mm -hmm. And a home inspection is the best couple hundred bucks you will spend, because you will know everything about that house inside and out. Good luck, Barbara.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom.